Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. going on guys it's your boy anthony alongside the best big three account in the whole entire complete unknown universe big three news aka will back with another edition of the fourth man what is up will this is going to be a bond one what is going on anthony this is episode 31 aka three to one aka the warriors blew a three to one lead oh ouch A.K.A. the big three one. Ooh. I think we could do that I have that a sign in my room that says that. Stop. I swear to God. If you want to find the show on Twitter or Instagram, it's at fourthmanpod. If you want to find our personal handles, it's at A underscore Siggy, at big3news, obviously. And if you are a TikTok, TikTok boy and you want to watch <laughs> some girl. TikTok <laughs> or girl, TikTok I guess you don't have to be boy. a TikTok boy. I'm thinking... <laughs> Regardless, if you are a TikTok fan, follow Big Three News on there. He's doing big stuff on there. I don't know why I just called it TikTok Boy. I I think I was thinking TikTok and E Boy together, and that's what came out. So there's my there's my fumble of the day. Also, if you guys haven't or didn't hear this message last week, or you're new to the show, you can now find us every Thursday on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. So if you're tuned in here today for the first time, welcome to the show. Appreciate you. Stopping by for a little bit, checking us out, listening to some Big 3 news. We got a great one for you. This is actually the one of the better shows to tune into of the whole entire 2020 offseason because we got a lot of news to talk about. We got a lot of things to break down. The Big 3 is heating up. It's getting hot. The floodgates are open. Big facts. Big facts. Let's just, let's just go ahead and get into it. Let's start it off here. I think the biggest news that came out is our MVP, our champions, Joe Johnson and the Triplets will be returning to the big three to defend their title. Now, Will, we've been talking about this, and you've been pretty optimistic or or you've been pretty pretty certain that Joe is going to return for a while. But when you heard that he was returning and the team was returning – what were your what were kind of your first thoughts? Were you were you surprised the whole team was returning, or were you pretty much expecting this from the get go? No, I mean, I think I would have been surprised if uh, anybody didn't come back. I mean, the way the league is currently constructed, I think triplets have to be your favorite to repeat. Yeah, I, I I think so too. I mean, and obviously we have a long way to go in the off season. You know, we still have a ton of captaincy vacancies open right now. We still have a lot of unknown players that could be joining the league this year. If you guys didn't hear on all the Smoke podcast, Stack is trying to advocate for Zebo to join Killer Threes. That would be wild. Would that make them a favorite if Zebo joined Killer Threes? That'd be a tough one, dude. I think I think it might. I mean, I think it might too. They were already a very Not- good team. I mean, if Z- if Zebo can go out there, and I mean that would be crazy because that was kind of like the one thing that Killer Threes were lacking, which is that kind of like Reggie Evans, like Al Jefferson type player. They're kind of more like a small ball, but on 3v3, I think Zebo would dominate. 
I would have to agree. And I'm, I'm thinking here because they get to return everybody, right? Like everybody can return or they can retain everybody. On killer threes? Yes. They everybody will, but one. Everybody but one, right. So the, they will have a third round draft pick, but they can retain the, fir- the first two picks. So I'm trying to think. It's like Dante Green, uh, CJ Watson. They can, re- they can retain those guys, correct? It's just up to their discretion. Yeah, I mean, you're really talking about like uh, like Eddie Curry would really be on the chopping block, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that is huge for triplets. I mean, obviously, we didn't, we were kind of expecting that, like you said, but to actually hear it, you know, being announced and it being a, a sure thing, I mean, I think it's it's great for the league, and I think that kind of also opens the door for maybe those guys who were some bigger names. Maybe they were on the fence. I kind of think that can kind of leeway some of the some of these big names into the league i mean now that they know joe johnson and the, and the triplets are coming back you know the champions i think as a, someone looking on the outside in you think oh well joe johnson got a lot of publicity last year triplets got a lot of publicity last year or, or last summer because of the great season they had watch me come in and do the same thing on a different team and a competitive team so i'm kind of looking forward to that i'm wondering if that excites anybody you know like i said on the outside perspective to join the league maybe if they were on the fence of things but this is exciting news. I think. Well, let me. Yeah, let me just say this though. Uh, no, while, moving on. We're moving on. Um, okay. No, okay. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Um, as I'm sitting here pondering what you're saying and I'm digesting everything, you know, Stack did say on all the smoke is an open captain spot, but does he? That's a good. That's a good question, actually. Because what happened to Josh Powell? We know Nitty's coming back. Yeah. So that We've I thought about that too. Times. Do you think that there was some kind of fallout from Josh Powell coming on? Because, you know, he was kind of a late addition. You know, they had Al Harrington, Metal World Peace, filling the co-captain spots heading into the draft. Or I guess it would be like the day before the draft, right? Then we found out Al Harrington wasn't playing. We found out World Peace was going to be a coach somewhere. And so they were kind of, you know, essentially additional add-ons. Now, Frank Nitty was hand-picked, right? Josh Powell just happened to be the first-round pick. I think they just gave it to him. Because he was the first round pick, is my thoughts. I wonder if there was some kind of I don't know. Because Josh Powell, you know, I think at times there there was times where he was non existent on the team. You know, I mean just not on the floor too much and more so later in the season. Maybe maybe they had some type of falling out. Maybe he wanted to enter the draft again. Definitely brings up an interesting conversation, interesting speculation, I should say. But Yeah. I can't see Zebo, you know just being in the draft he's gonna have to be a co-captain somewhere and maybe it's maybe ultimately bowlers i mean yes which we're about to talk about them in a second but maybe ultimately it comes down to the fact that stack is willing to move anybody because he wants zebo that bad and maybe that's interesting maybe that's what he was alluding to you know Mm Hmm. so we'll see zebo Come to Killer Threes. Let's make this thing interesting. Let's really make the league interesting. You know, not only from a competitive standpoint, but, you know, shake things up within a team. Guys move into different teams and then competing against Killer Threes. This could be this could be really interesting. Uh, so we'll keep an eye out on that. The next probably biggest thing that's happened, I would say arguably in, in the big three offseason, at least top five in the, in the 2020 offseason here, Aliens have now hired, or I guess I should say, moved Mike Bibby into the role of head coach for Aliens. Nate Tiny Archibald 
will not return next year. Mike Bibby retires from the big three as a player and now kind of takes the same route as Kenyon Martin and moves into the Aliens head coaching role. On the flip side of things, in corresponding moves, Ricky Davis will now move into the captain role for Ghostballers, which it seems like he's been that for a while anyways. And Mike Taylor, our guy, something we've been talking about for a while, something that he he really wanted, will move into a co-captain role. I know that's a lot to kind of digest and break down. Let's start with Aliens here. Kind of weird when you first announced it on social media. I was very shocked to see that. Coach Archibald would not return as Aliens head coach. Even more shocked, I think, that Mike Bibby's going to be the the coach here. You know, I think Mike Bibby for the past couple of years has kind of played just that facilitator role, been kind of that coach here. But what do you think of Mike Bibby as head coach of the Aliens? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it was a natural progression. Uh Bibby was outstanding his first year. He kind of really like carried that team. Um, and then his second year, he was hurt, if you remember. Uh, so he didn't really play at all. True. I forgot and about then that. He's, yeah, and then he sort of had just kind of like a quiet, like, you know, maybe like a little under the radar season last year by his standards. Um, but I know that I obviously he still enjoys uh, being out there. He's been coaching high school now for a number of years. Uh, so I think this is just a natural next step for him. And I'm excited, you know, cause depending on, and I know we'll get into it, but depending on what aliens do this off season, that's going to be an interesting team. Yeah, I think so too. And you, you know, I, I have to say too, I think I'm more shocked about coach Archibald. You know, he was the head coach for our new franchise in this league an expansion team gets one year in the boot. And you were telling me that, it's kind of new this year that it's kind of at the discretion of the players essentially. Correct. So, yeah. So that's, that's at least what, uh, what I was told the explanation of it was, which I'm, I won't really get into it just because it's not really my story to tell. Sure. Uh, but I was told that it was really, uh, it's this new thing, or at least it was new to, at least it, it didn't really sound like a lot of people were aware of this or if this was a common thing in the league, but it's really up to the discretion of the players if they would like to retain a coach and they opted to move in a different direction. Well, and I think that's fair too, right? Because the captain's not only the captain of your team, he's also plays the role of GM. So, right. I mean, I think that only makes sense too. And I think ultimately it comes down, maybe it could have came down to time. It could have came down to miscommunication. It could have came down to disagreements. We don't know, but I think Mike Bibby's going to fill a great spot because just like Kenyon Martin did for trilogy last year, it's just, you know, a little bit more relatable in, in the sense, I think, of just the times they played in and and I would say even maybe just like more of a friendship. You know, I feel like for three-headed monsters even, a lot of those guys either played under or played with GP and they and they love playing, just love hearing his knowledge of the game. So I think it, it's kind of just like that relatable aspect in a sense. Uh, and I think that's why Mike Bibby could be a really good head coach for this Aliens team and ultimately put them in contention. So we'll see. And we even saw this even just recently before we jumped on the pod. You know, we saw that Andre Owens commented on Joe Johnson's Instagram post, which taught, which was a post making it or confirming that he's going to be returning to the big three, telling people to stay in shape. Andre Owens commented on that and said, "I got something. I got a surprise for the league this year. So Aliens is going to be a 
an interesting team to keep an eye on the rest of the offseason, I think. Absolutely. Um, I mean, if I had to take a guess of what exactly that that surprises, I think it's Lance Stevenson. I mean, all signs are sort of pointing that way. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Lance Stevenson is announced as the Aliens co-captain in the coming uh, days or weeks. You you think it's going to be – I mean, I know we've seen Lance playing with Andre Owens, Robert Vaden, but it seems like Lance has his heart set on the NBA, and, that, and that's something I was going to bring up too is that, you know – a player that we've speculated all offseason, potentially joining the big three, had a really good season in China, is Lance Stevenson. And, of course, obviously he's eyeing the NBA. That's ultimately where he wants to return. But do you? I kind of feel like the idea felt less and less probable when he came out and said that. So you feel like that's still – what would you say the well, probability of that is? You know, on, do, do, do you think it's possible that um, – Andre Owens asked him to be a co-captain. Lance Stevenson said, I, I'll think about it, but I really want to go back to the NBA. So his people sort of leaked that information out there that he wanted to return to the NBA, see if they got any interest. Uh, nothing really came back. So he's like, all right, I'll do the big three. I think it's possible, but I don't think he's committed just yet. I really don't. I think he's going to be the a... Only, the, yeah. I think it's going to be like a Joe Johnson move where he's one of the the final players announced. You know, I mean, I think the only reason why I I disagree with that is I feel like and it's not just Andre Owens, it's other people too. Um people are talking like they're talking very confidently. Like they're not talking about like these are plans, they're talking like it's a, a done deal. Yeah, it seems like that around the league too, right? Like everyone's just got everything set in stone. They know Yes. They know what's going to happen this upcoming offseason. It's just a matter of when they announce it. However, Mm -hmm. that being said, though, I think the plan for Stevenson all along was to go to China and hopefully have a really good season. Like, he knew he could have, just have more opportunity, right? And then return to the NBA. But, I mean, at the same time, like, passing up an opportunity to play in the big three where you're not only having another platform to showcase yourself, but you're not having to – you know, I guess the workload isn't as high or as 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 much as just like another league. You know, I think it's a it's a pretty compelling way to try to like showcase yourself, showcase yourself, and get ready for the NBA season if a team does pick you up. So maybe that was part of Andre's pitch. We don't know. Maybe they're just boys, and he's like, "Hey, do me a solid here. I really want to take aliens over the top. Play one year, yeah. Showcase yourself." Make yourself an interesting prospect, just like Joe did last year, and then get back in the league. And at the same time, you'll be ready because you've been playing professional basketball all summer long rather than just pick up games for most yeah, of the and, summer. And, and we'll know that he's ready. We know that he's ready now because he's been in China. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's literally – having... like, I, I think Lance Stevenson has the, the prospect of being a top probably five player in this league. Yeah. Uh, he was averaging 27 and – uh, I think seven in China, no and doubt. you know that's no small feat. I mean, there are there are big three guys who go play in China, and they're not putting up those numbers. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. No doubt. I think I think it's great. I think it's great for. I think Lance will be a, definitely a top five player, like you said. 
and it will make the league very interesting, very fun. I mean, to I see mean, him think pull out the air right? guitar on a on a week to week basis. Absolutely, but just just think about this lineup, right? So, like, you know, let's say that Andre Owens, because he kind of had like he he was another one. He had a quiet season last season uh, compared to what we saw on Three's Company and Bull Hogs, right? Um, so let's say Andre Owens sort of puts himself into like a fourth man position. He's going to come off, ride the bench unit. You could potentially have a starting lineup of Brandon Rush, uh, Greg Oden, if they get him back, um, and Lance Stevenson. And then I mean, Andre a, and Shannon Brown off the bench. I mean, yeah, ooh. that is a very ooh. good lineup. That's scary. And I think, I think Andre's going to be gunning for, for Greg Oden. You know, but I think he was a big advocate for Greg Owens. Or I just call him Greg Owens. <laughs> I'm getting them mixed up. Uh, I think he's a big advocate for Greg Oden, obviously, last year. And then after being a complete mismatch throughout the league, yeah. I, I'd be surprised if someone else didn't take him before if they didn't get the number one pick, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to be a very coveted prospect. Who knows? What if he becomes a co-captain? Greg Oden? Do you think that's doable? I think that if you can't get Lance, I think you have to do that. But I, I mean, if they do get Lance, like another well, another team gunning you, for his services, who are you dropping? No, no, no. I, I'm not talking about aliens. I'm talking about on another team. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. gunning for his services, um, and they're just like, geez, hey, I mean, let's just make you a co-captain. I mean, for instance, let's just let's just talk more so on the how this affects Ghostballers. Ricky Davis is now the captain. Mike Taylor is now the co-captain here. Mm-hmm. We know we know what happened with the fallout with Boozer. Mike Bibby's moved on. So now they have a co-captain spot as well. I mean, what if they're like, hey, yeah. we really want Greg Oden. We don't know if we'll be able to get him in the draft. Let's just make him a co-captain. I mean, right? That's got that's got to – I mean, I guess I haven't thought about it before, but it's really like a tactical ploy to get the guy you want and solidify him and keep your draft picks alive. I mean, it is, but would Greg Oden be that guy, though? I mean – like. I mean, like Greg Oden was very good, but if we're just going just from everyone that was selected in the draft, um, you know, Craig Smith, or uh, I mean, who else? Uh, You're definitely right, Jermaine, definitely, Jermaine Taylor. I mean, there's definitely a ton of candidates on the table, and yes, I, I would love both those guys if they moved into a, a co-captain role. However, I I think again it just comes with like the tactical ploy. Like think about it. Like they they can literally get whoever they want now because they have a co-captain spot open. If they feel like right. he's good enough and they don't feel like they can get him in the draft, they can just be like, "Okay, fuck it. Let's just make him a co-captain. He's a part of our team." Oh yeah, and if we get good draft position throughout the the three rounds, we can make this team even deeper. So, but I think I don't think that the league is at that point yet where i think if they reached out to greg odin and greg odin said i really want to play with aliens i don't think they would force him to be co-captain no i i mean i think ultimately it would be ricky davis and mike taylor trying to persuade him to play for ghost ballers i don't think he has to do right. anything I, i'm not gonna tell seven foot two almost 300 pound greg odin hey you have to come play for <laughs> I'm my not gonna team tell him anything. i don't think a lot oh, yeah. of people would <laughs> so no you know, ultimately it'd be up to him, but you know, it's it's kind of a compelling feature to be a part of, you know, kind of the the authority authoritative figure role, uh, kind of making some of the decisions on the team or helping with some of the decisions. You know, I don't know how their what their angle would be to, you know, ultimately persuade them if they did. But it's just an interesting thought, you know. This is speculation season. 
We're still speculating here. We got some news coming out, but it's speculation season. Definitely still speculating here. So it's been a fun past couple of days so far. And I think we have a lot in store here. Like you said, opening the floodgates should see a lot of splash alerts coming soon. And hopefully that means, you know, we get to find out a few more players who are going to be joining the league, who might be opening the co-captain roles, but still want to learn more about the guys who have played maybe briefly in the big three, learn more about some of the prospects. And we're hoping to do that with today's guest who got a chance to play briefly in the big three. And one of the biggest moments of the whole season got to play in two playoff games, one one of those games in New Orleans and then the third place game with three-headed monsters. So super excited to learn more about big three draft prospect Rodney Carney, who, as we learned recently, is going to be joining the draft pool again. So he's going to enter his name in, and, and I think teams now really understand what he can bring to the table. Will, what are you most excited about and, and talking to Rodney Carney and just learning more about him? Yeah, I mean, to quote the great Chris Collinsworth, I mean, here's a guy who goes into the draft <laughs> – uh, doesn't get picked up, stays in shape, stays ready. Like they always tell everybody, stay ready. Um, he gets called up for the two biggest games of three-headed monster season, is able to lead them a 500 ball club uh, to a third-place finish, which is absolutely respectable considering how tight the league was last year. Um, so I'm just super excited to hear his story. I'm super excited to hear what he has planned for this season, what his approach is going to be, if it's going to be the same, if he's going to, you know, take take a different approach into this year's combine. So I'm just super excited to hear from him. Yeah, big facts. I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. So appreciate those of you who tuned into this half of the episode. And here is Rodney Carney. Joining us via Skype today is a man who was a member of Three Headed Monsters at the end of last season and rejoining the draft pool for Big 3 Season 4 and what should be the biggest season up to date. Rodney Carney, man. Rodney, appreciate you joining us today. Really looking forward to learning a little bit more about you and what you're going to bring to the table this year. I appreciate you having me, man. Appreciate it. So usually the way we start this off, we like to kind of ask like how you kind of learned about the Big 3, You know how you learned about the opportunity to play in the league. So how long have you been kind of keeping up with the Big 3 and what were kind of your thoughts before you joined? Uh, I remember hearing about it before it uh, got off the ground. Uh, but I think I was in, in uh, Japan at the time. And uh, I think I've seen a bunch of my uh, ex-teammates I played with or even, uh, you know, personal friends, you know, heading on to it. So after the first year, I seen it, you know, got a lot of traction. Uh, the gameplay looked pretty good. And then uh, originally I was working out with Andre Owens uh, for this lab the previous season, you know, just to, you know, get in there to see what it's like, went to the draft combine and uh, things didn't go my way at the time. But uh, I knew, you know, they always said just stay ready. So I heard about it uh, a while ago and it just seemed like a good league to get into. So that's how I initially found out. <clears throat> Nice. That's awesome. It seems like you've been working with some of those big three vets. And so last year, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was a little unexpected, you know, joining later in the season. You know, obviously injuries happen through every league and every professional sports world. What was kind of, you know, how did you kind of get the call? Who kind of reached out to you, uh, you know, them reaching out to you like, hey, you know, Rodney, we need you for three-headed monsters here down the stretch. Or did they kind of tell you to get ready uh, early on in the season just in case something did happen? Oh, uh, they always said uh, stay ready. 
I remember right after the combine, I said, get ready. Uh, we'll stay ready just in case. Uh, I think in the combine, I was uh, paired with uh, Craig Smith, who had an excellent season. Uh, a couple other players who played uh, previous season, and then uh, Eddie Curry was there too. So we had a pretty good uh, combine. But uh, later on through the year, you know, I was just, you know, working out, staying in shape, whatever. And I got a call. And I was like, look, are you available? Three of the monsters playoffs. And I was like, oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And so, uh, you know, fly down there and all that. And uh, to New Orleans, that was the first game I came to. And uh, I, I got in, you know, played pretty well. Then the playoffs came and then you know, I played even better. So uh, just looking forward to the next time uh, opportunity to get out there because I'll be in way better shape and I'm more prepared for it uh, this up and coming season. For sure. That's an awesome call to get, obviously, just joining the season just to play in the playoffs. I wanted to just touch on you said you paired up with Craig Smith. Actually, Craig was – I was actually fortunate to have him on. He was the first big three guest I had on here. We actually talked about that combine team, man. He said you guys were pretty lights out when you were when you were playing at the combine there, your team there. We were. Uh, I do remember it uh, because, uh, like, I played in Craig with Craig in Minnesota uh, for years. So me and Craig are pretty close. So uh, we lost the first initial game because everybody was still getting warmed up. But after that, I swear we won at least seven, eight in a row, oh, and man. it got to a yeah, it got to a <laughs> point where no one was coming down there to our uh, our team because you know everybody's kind of tired out. And we were just basically whoever comes sit down in our area, <laughs> sending them away. Man, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so now that um so now that you're entering combine number two um is it sort of a same approach you're going for is there anything different that you're gonna sort of experiment so that hopefully you do get drafted um well to, in my uh opinion what i did last year was uh a pretty good amount of uh, uh things to catch eyes because we were basically killing so I guess now that i've been in and they've seen me in game situations actually playoff situations yeah. Uh, you know, do more, do a lot. I think it will be, you know, I guess more to my uh, my part, my favorite, actually be like, oh, yeah, you play for X, Y, Z, you played. Oh, yeah, you can produce. OK. And maybe, you know, uh, somebody like Gary Payton, someone who coached the team or, you know, even Craig will have some influence to be like, yo, get this guy. He, uh, you know, he produced for us. He can play. He's still in shape and all that. So I think it's that they see me earlier. And I played in the league, and I did pretty well. That I think I'll have a little, a more better of a chance to actually, you know, get drafted. And so. you, you talk about uh, Coach Gary Payton. Uh, although it was sort of a, you know, a limited run, what was it like playing under him? Oh well, 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 Gary. Yeah, he, uh, he just wants you to play hard. Uh, defense first. Uh, no, no easy baskets. Um, offense, he doesn't really preach that because he, we all were offensively talented because we could all shoot and get to the hole. But he was just more of a, you know, play defense in your face type defense. Uh, he's not the one, not the type to get mad, <laughs> uh, to to not get mad because he's going to let you know it. I mean, knowing his history, <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll he'll have a few choice words if you have to not playing right. Man, so. there's a reason he gets trash talked yeah, sure. every year. <laughs> Yeah, definitely less. So, uh, yeah, it was a good experience uh, playing for him. Uh, he didn't really, you know, say anything crazy to me because I was uh, playing hard for him. So I uh, look forward to the opportunity. If he's actually coaching again, I'll, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get on with him. What What's kind of – I mean, is that the first team you're looking to join or would, would like to be drafted by GP and, and Three-Headed Monsters? I know you said you're kind of friends with Craig. I mean, ultimately, if there was a – 
couple guys calling you, you know, saying, hey, we're going to get you, hey, we're going to get you. Would you have a preference, or are you kind of just open to any any team this year? Me, I'm, I'm open to any team because I know uh, what I can bring to the team. I know I've uh, played for a while, and I know they're open in the age group and all that. But to me, I know what I bring to the table, so it doesn't really matter uh, what team. But if GP was like, hey, I didn't want you back, hey, hey I'm right here, brother. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, I, I guess the, the better way to phrase it is like you got any any friends in the league where you just want to team up with them. I mean, obviously you and Craig and, and Eddie Curry over there had a pretty good combine team there, but – Anybody that, you know, you're pretty close with that you wouldn't mind being on the same team with. And, you know, as we know of today, Joe John are taking on Joe Johnson, the triplets, because it looks like they're returning to defend their title, you know. They are. Uh, I would I would personally like to uh, Hooper Craig because he uh one of the leading scores, if not the leading score. I'm not too uh, sure about that, but he uh, creates a lot of double teams. And that's open shots for somebody else. His aggressive style of play. And plus, he's willingly will pass the ball. Yeah. Uh, like, I played with him for a while. So, uh, I would love to play with Craig. What were your What were your initial thoughts after after your first season in the league? I know that, like Will said, you kind of got a limited run in the league. But, obviously, you got to play in a in a very uh, – in, in the type, type of year that everybody wants to play the playoffs. You're playing within a very experienced playoff team like 3 and Monsters, who's one of two teams to make the playoffs. So what was kind of your overall thoughts after playing in in the league for a couple of games there down the stretch? Uh, first thought was uh, physical, the physicality of it. It uh, kind of reminded me of back in the NBA where it was like, you know, early 2000 era, you know, 2000, early 90s. I'm not early 90s, but late 90s, early 2000, where it's basically physical. Uh, and I got welcome to that when uh, I think Corey <laughs> McGetty got the ball. But you know how he plays. He's athletic. He's strong, so he's going to go 100 miles out into your <laughs> chest. <laughs> and so once he got it, I seen him. He started powering up, and then boom! <laughs> but I, I was ready dude. for it because I knew how he played. So he, I took the took the hit and uh, actually blocked the shot. And I was like, okay, this, this is this is what we this is what I'm used to. <laughs> for sure, yeah. And it just it seems like the big three. You know, it, it continues to evolve. Obviously, you've had you've kept tabs on it since the very beginning, and obviously, like you you mentioned just a little bit, you know, there's going to be a lot of change this year, including the and the age gap there. I guess I mostly want to get your thoughts kind of on just some of the new rules that are going on. Obviously, the most prominent one is the bring the fire rule, where you can dispute a foul call, go one on one with anybody. But what were kind of your thoughts? You know, as you're returning, you're like, oh man, now we're adding another another twist to this league. Well, uh, once I seen uh, that that specific rule, uh, to me, I thought it would be good because it's another aspect to draw the crowd in. It's like, oh, you fouled it, Moser Hart fouled. Like, oh, let's see what they're gonna do. Go back for one on one, see who, who see who really gets it. So it, it, it's gonna be uh, fun in that uh, that aspect. Uh, I guess they're changing the balls, a lot of things. I guess they're trying to make a faster pace. Uh, but it, to me, that rule was uh, one that kind of stood out in. I, I honestly can't wait to see exactly what that rule brings and, you know, the emotions, the physicality to it. Because if you foul somebody and, you know, basically it's a hard foul, it's like, all right, we're going one-on-one, you know they're going to remember that. So they're, you know, they're <laughs> going <gonna, laughs> to take that into that little that little instance where they're playing one-on-one. So uh, I can't wait to see exactly what that rule brings, brings about. And as a player, too, are you excited to hopefully uh, participate in that? Like, is that something that uh, you're welcoming, the opportunity to go one-on-one with somebody? Well, I'm pretty sure 
anyone uh, welcome to that opportunity. Uh, yeah. To and to me, I I'm not looking forward to it. Like, oh, somebody gives me with a crazy hard foul. Like, oh, can I? Am I actually going to be, <laughs> yeah. be up to actually do yeah. the one on one? Will I be dizzy? Like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, but, okay. I mean that that's an interesting point you make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, sometimes you know, if, if it's such a hard foul, you know, a person might have a little time to recover. So you may be going on one on one with another teammate of uh, up here. So. Uh, don't know. That's why I said you can't wait. I can't wait to see exactly what happens with it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I think there's obviously a lot of question marks that surround it because we don't really know how, you know, how it's actually going to uh, translate to well, to the league this year. You know, I mean, we talk. I think we talked with Demar Johnson la- either last week or a couple weeks ago, but he said, "What happens if you know somebody's fouled on the on the bring the fire rule?" You know, there's. There's just so many different question marks that can be added to the equation. You just really don't know. So it is it is going to be pretty exciting to see how, you know, all that translates over and see, you know, if, how it goes into effect. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is, um, that rule in particular. But uh, from what I'm seeing, the league is catching more ground. Uh, there's going to be younger players there, which I have no problem with. I'll, I'll go at anybody. Um, I just can't wait to see exactly uh, what this uh, year brings when it comes to the big three. Yeah, what what do you think about you know the the age limit being lowered now? Obviously, like as most players probably don't they don't care who they're going to compete with. You know, it's just a matter of going out there competing and showing that you're better than the other person. Uh, but what do you think of it in terms of you know like coming into this like day and age where like now these younger guys have a new platform like the big three in order to kind of showcase themselves. So we're talking maybe it's like undrafted players, maybe some some guys out of high school that feel they're prepared, don't want to go to college. You know, we've seen them go overseas now. Uh, I shouldn't say straight out of high school, but I should say more so like just if they're, they college. take a different route. Yeah, yeah, out of college, you know. Um, what do you kind of think of just the big three being a platform for these younger players to ultimately showcase themselves against against professionals, you know, in a, in a, in a grittier league? Uh, I think it's good. It, it opens the door for, uh, like you said, athletes trying to make a name for themselves or, uh, you know, felt they were snubbed in the NBA draft or whatever, or, or, or felt they should have got a better, a fair shake when it comes to overseas teams. This is the opportunity for them to get on the platform to show the world that, like, look, somebody made a mistake. I'm here. I'm hooping with you know, ex-NBA players, uh, overseas players who are prominent, and I'm doing pretty well against them. So maybe you guys need to rethink how you're, uh, you know, how you, how you rethink how you're doing your talent. So maybe you give me a second or a third look in uh, in the NBA or in overseas because the league, the big three league is not, it's, it's actually a physical league and you have to really kind of be on your stuff to actually succeed. So I think that's a great opportunity for other guys just to get a second or a third look or even that first look that they need to uh, be able to succeed in whatever, uh, wherever they go overseas, whether it be India, whether it be anywhere else. So I think that was a good thing to do. Uh, so moving away from the rules for a second, um, I kind of want to go back to that game you talked about when you played Corey Maggette. Um So really, since you joined Three-Headed Monsters, you know, I don't know if anybody really expected them to end up in third place like they did. Uh, they kind of, in that final week, they needed a lot to happen for them to even make the playoffs. Um, it did happen. And then in no uh, small effort by yourself, you were able to, get to uh, beat power. What was that atmosphere like in Staples Center? Sort of kind of like, you know, the matinee game before the championship. What was it like playing in that environment? It was actually a pretty good uh, environment because uh, 
the turnout was great. Uh, as soon as we went out to intros, it was it seemed like a pack house. Um, we warming up, you know, they introducing the players and this and that. And uh, during the game, I mean, the game got, you know, physical. You know, Power was also was a big a big name team, and they was uh, predicted to go, you know, uh, I guess to the finals, but it didn't happen. But still, the set the the warm up game was actually great. Um, in particular, we were playing. And we we heard like a buzz. It's kind of like in in the arena. We looked up. Yeah. LeBron LeBron just walked in. We like, oh. no, <laughs> that's got to be sick. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that actually gives you a, a sense of you know the buzz and uh, you know how people were looking. Like he walked in and sat down, and it was in the middle of the game. So you know, going extra hard. And I, I had a chance to play with LeBron uh, with Miami for a short period of time in the. Uh, in training camp or whatever when I won the Heat when they won their second championship. But uh, it, 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 that, that environment was great. Like, I still remember them, but when he came in and then, you know, how we uh, went on a run after that. So, yeah, it, it, the, the buzz was great. And uh, the, the crowd, especially for that day, was, was tremendous. You know, what, one thing that I, I – or a person, I should say, in the league that I find very interesting is Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. You, you got a chance to play with him. I'm not sure if you play with him – you know, in the past in the NBA at some point. But you got a chance to play with them there at the Three-Headed Monsters for those playoff games. Talk to me, like, what what you kind of learned from him or, like, what how he's kind of, like, going by his, his day, you know, as, like, you know, the oldest player in the league there and just still hooping like that. I mean, talk to me what you kind of, like, learned from him or, uh, you know, kind of how he carries himself. Well, how he carries him. Well, first of all, what I learned from him, um, just – I was just picking him his brain about life in general, like everything off the court, because you know how he he holds himself. He's a he's a Muslim. He believes in his uh, his religion uh, to to the he takes that to the T when it comes to what he follows. And he's a really disciplined guy. So I'm just talking to him about life in general, and a lot a lot of stuff I won't mention on here. But it was just life in general. But on the basketball court, you can tell he's at his age. He can still light it up given an opportunity. Yeah, um, I mean, just to be in his presence, like through throughout what he's done in his career, even in the, what he's been through in his career, one of the pioneers who led the way, it was an incredible experience. So uh, I relish everything that I've learned from him and even just sitting next to him, I relish that. Yeah, it's got to be a, a cool experience, obviously, just learning from somebody who's you know, who's faced so much adversity, I feel like, and just be able to overcome just every obstacle that's in your way. I mean, it's just incredible, his story. And mm-hmm. for him to still be hooping at, at such a high level, I think is is such um, – it's just amazing. It just shows you how much, you know, how what, what kind of standards he holds himself to and how, how he's going to make sure that he gets the things he wants accomplished. So super cool to mm-hmm. see that. And I, I, I just like to ask, you know, as many members of Three-Headed Monsters as I can, you know, just what it's like playing next to him because it's – I can't imagine just even picking his brain like that. It's got to be super interesting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess here, I, I just want to close it out here with, with this question. You know, you're you're jumping back into the draft pool this year. You obviously now have some big three experience playing at, you know, uh, playing in the playoffs like you did. And now I think, I think people, more teams are going to look at you and be like, oh, you know, we overlooked him last year. We now we know what he's going to bring to the table. But if you're in, let's, if you're like in the elevator with like a you know a Kenyon Martin or a Dr. J or or maybe even a new Aliens head coach Mike Bibby here, 
what what's kind of your ele- elevator pitch on why you should you should be selected in this year's draft you know with it being only three rounds <laughs> huh you know it's funny uh half of those guys i already know <laughs> exactly like, yeah. there you say, go. <laughs> say, say for instance Kenyon martin if i'm in the, if i'm the elevator with Kenyon martin I'm gonna be like, hey, Kenya, you was watching. <laughs> you you was watching what 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 I did at the combine, and you actually came to me and was like, hey, young fella, you hooping? So I'm like, look, you seen what I did the playoffs? <laughs> mm-hmm. You seen from start to finish? I'll give you 100. percent And I played with you in, in China too. So hey, man, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I guess you I guess you, you gotta have the edge there. there, knowing everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, you do gotta have relationships or whatever. I mean, I, I can't not say you don't, but I mean, you also gotta have that and be able to play at a high level as well. So I've known a lot, a lot of them. So um, I can just you know play in the combine like I did, and you know just give the effort I gave, and you know have fun. And we'll see what happens. For sure. I definitely feel like, you know, you definitely have earned your right to play this year. I hope someone, you know, takes that in consideration this year and you get, and you get uh, drafted by a team that, that's going to appreciate you and and allow you to do your thing and, and contribute to the team for sure. Um, I guess one more thing I want to touch on, you know, with, throughout the Big Three, I think you talk with a lot of guys or I've talked with a lot of guys who have played overseas. And, you know, I think a lot of guys go, go overseas because they want to continue their basketball career. But you know, to come to the big three now, I think they get a, an opportunity to play, you know, maybe in front of their kids like they didn't get to before or, or just, you mm-hmm. know, play in front of some family, you know, just or be able to not have to travel so much. What, what, um, you know, what's that experience been like? I know you said you mentioned you played in Japan a little bit in China. I mean, is it is it just a good feeling ultimately, like at the end of the day, just to be able to play in the States and, and play professionally? Uh, it is. Uh, and I'll go back to your point where, um, you know, going overseas is uh, it, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, you go over there to make a lot of money. You go over there to continue your basketball career. But at the same time, you're 12 hours away from, you know, your family, your kids. So this gives you opportunities for them to watch and to watch you play at a high level, continue your career. Or if they can't watch you play, watch you on American TV to see you play. And to be basically a couple, not even a couple hour flight away from them. It's like after the game, like, yeah. all right, I'm going home. <laughs> going to see my kids. Instead of instead of being overseas, all right, I'm going home. Let me Skype my kids or let me FaceTime my kids right. to make sure they're all right. It gives us a perfect opportunity to actually relax and be in our own environment and actually play and have fun at a high level. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, Rodney, like I said, I appreciate you just joining us for a little bit. Appreciate you dropping us some wisdom, wisdom on us and Looking forward to seeing you in Big 3 Season 4. I appreciate you. Appreciate you having me. Uh, Need me again? I'm here. Thank you, Rodney. Appreciate that, yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.